I always say, you only one phone call, one email, one meeting, one introduction, one contact, one project, one idea, one post, one tweet, one like from changing your life. My name is Demarius, also known as Champ Media, and this is The Industry Is Watching Podcast. The industry is watching, they lurking, they looking, they loving, they hating, they waiting, they plotting. The industry is watching, they lurking, they looking, they loving, they hating, they waiting, they plotting. The industry is watching, they lurking, they looking, they loving, they hating, they waiting, they plotting. The industry is watching, they lurking, they looking, they loving, they hating, they waiting. My name is Demarius, also known as Champ Media, and this is the Industry is Watching podcast. And my host today is William Oak the Fourth. William is a production manager. He has like a list of credentials in the the film and entertainment industries, and he's worked on a lot of the most popular shows that we see on TV right now. First of all, welcome, William. Thank welcome you. to the Industry is Watching podcast. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. Uh, it's been a minute, man. We we work together. We have some uh, mutual friends. Many. Yeah. And um, we connected. A few, I didn't even know you were in New York, but we connected a few years ago. We did some photos together. Mm-hmm. I, I remember you said, you said, D, um, I want a photo for my badge and it, <laughs> and it has to be over the top. <laughs> right. Right. Everything has to be curated. Everything. Right. So how did that how did that work out for you? You know, it's still working out for me. You know, I am not a fan of impromptu photos okay um so you know and i do a lot of special events and there's always a lot of credentials involved and i'm like you will get the picture of me ahead of time you won't (laughs) you won't get me on that prep day where i'm wearing who knows what it's dealing like nah you're going to get the one with the best lighting with a professional photographer exactly i was just about to say it's it's definitely about that lighting yeah I've definitely been following you. I admire and respect, you know, everything that you have going on. And so I wanted to bring you onto the show to like just kind of like get some insight, pick your brain a little bit and and really just um, just build with you a little bit. You know, um, the purpose of the, the industry is watching podcast is to inform, influence and inspire the underdogs and the insiders of the industry. And I, I like the industry is watching. Like I feel like the industry is watching you. I hope so. I was getting ready to for this episode, man, and you sent me your resume, and I was like, "Whoa!" Like you have a impeccable resume, man. Thank and just you. Just hats off to to you and everything you're doing, William. Regarding the industry, would you consider yourself to be an insider or an underdog? You know, I I feel like I'm both of those things simultaneously. I feel that I am an insider just with the access that I have with producers and talent and the level of interaction that I have with them on a daily basis. But I also sometimes feel like an underdog of being so privileged to this information and knowing so much about this business and knowing that I am a person who moves it forward, but still not being the most executive person or most senior person in these areas that I'm working in. I, I think people rely on what I bring a lot, but I'm just one of those people who am, who's not going to be settled until I'm on the top. You know, I just feel like, yeah, I'm trying to be that executive. I hear you. So in your own words, like let's tell the listeners in the audience, like exactly a little bit about 
who you are and what you do. Okay, well, I'm I'm a production manager and line producer for a lot of reality TV and kind of docu-series style shows. For the most part, I am the kind of the money logistical person of what it is that happens on a daily basis and what happens in production from pre-production through post. So if someone has a concept that they are producing for a TV network, I usually handle the schedules and budget of that, the hiring of team members who are going to work on that production. If it's in the field for filming, in addition to post-production and editing and kind of manage that entire process until the finished project is delivered to the network that is going to air it. Wow. So you definitely have the hands-on experience within the industry. Did you go to school for this? I went to Howard and started out as a dance major but and actually studied, studied theater production management because I thought that that would help me be able to understand how to run a dance company or a theater of sorts. And then... I moved to New York shortly after having attending American Dance Festival and doing some choreography work there and found myself in New York and broke. And I had someone ask me, one of my friends, um, she's an executive producer at VH1 now, but at the time she was asking me to intern for her at BET just because she needed extra hands that day and couldn't afford to pay me. And I was willing to do it. And I was so surprised on how closely aligned TV production was to what I learned in theater administration and fell in love with it instantly and just kind of like abandoned wanting to perform and really just like found the urge to want to produce all of a sudden and been doing it ever since. Wow, that's that's interesting. Let me ask you this. You were speaking about your education as well as like you just kind of walking in the door one day to help out on a production and you falling in love with it. For, for the audience out there who's battling with like going to school for this as far as just trying to like just get in where they fit in and mm-hmm. network their way up to the top. How important is the, the education piece that you learn in school versus what you learn in the industry? You know, I... I think education is important. I don't think it necessarily needs to come from an institution directly, but I feel like if you have, if you are yearning for the knowledge of something, it's up to you to go and gather that information. And I think there's some great institutions, but I don't know if that works for everyone. I was never someone who was extremely studious or a good student. That just wasn't anything I necessarily excelled at. I received the amazing education at Howard and I'm very appreciative for that every day. But I think the biggest takeaway from me from that was my social circle and the people who I met who those relationships transcended outside of college and just like helped me build business wise and just like those strong friendships and support systems that were established at that institution that went along with what it was I learned in all my classes. Right. So you're saying you're taking that that education and just really just applying it in the real world setting. Yeah. yeah. And like, you know, and your social circles are are important, especially in those beginning stages of your life, like those high school, college years, you know, like you're kind of setting up the circle of people that you want to be around you for your for a lifetime and Howard was a very rich with just like 
black diversity and very smart and educated people and people who had a lot of passion about things that I might not have known about. You know, it was just like, it was a lot of resources there and a lot of good relationships formed. And I'm most appreciative for that. Yeah, I can relate to that. I think like before the interview started, I was telling you, we have some mutual friends that I went to college with. And still to this day, that's one of the best things that I've ever done, you know, was go to college. And like, I, I knew that I wanted to like, you know, be in the industry of sorts, but I didn't know exactly like what I wanted to do. But that experience just really helped me because I still live with that like that that underdog type of college student mentality mm-hmm. even to this day years later you know I'm still hungry I'm still like in touch with a lot of those people and I still like have that that ambition you know what I'm saying like that I was just eager to like get out and like to get my first job and to get out in the world and just really figure it out you know right what I'm saying? but you know I think the thing about college is so many people go with the intentions of being something specific when they get there. And I and people, you're too young to mm-hmm. decide what you're going to do your whole life at 17 and 18 years old. And like you really I don't feel like I had a real grasp of my skill and how I could use that to be successful until I was like 25 and I was good and out of college. And I don't even feel like I was on a real trajectory of having like a real career until I was 30. Right. So yeah, it's always fascinating to me that people think they know what they want to do their whole lives at 18 and it changes. And and I'll be honest with you for me, I I totally agree with that, but I'm still figuring it out. Yeah. You know, I'm in my mid to late thirties, but like I'm, I'm 38 actually, but (laughs) I'm still figuring it out. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so to put myself in a box and say, Oh, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Like, you know, um, that was a stepping stone for me. But what it did was open up new doors. And the more I continued to grow and to meet people, you know, I just was like, I, I was able to find myself. I didn't know what, you know, what I wanted to be necessarily when I was 25. And it's good to have, you know, that foundation of, you know, schooling, but you'll be figuring it out for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. So you said that quote about like treating like um, each day like you're in a class. Yeah, I just... There's a lot to learn every day for me on set. I find that the hardest thing for me in production is dealing with people. And sometimes those are your best takeaways on how you dealt with, how you interacted with people. And were you successful in that? And was it beneficial to the process and your business practices? You know, there's always something to learn. And I'm, I don't, I like to work with people who I feel are bringing a knowledge of sorts that I don't have. So I'm relying on even learning for people who work under me. Like everyone has something to contribute and I just feel like it's pretty selfish if you aren't looking at a situation as to be able to take something from it and even take something away from someone that you might not feel is the most important because everyone has something to offer. Right, right. I agree with that. I tell people like, man, on, um, I have a background in corporate America and I'm just as cool with the lunch ladies and the janitors absolutely as i am with the ceos and the vps mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying I, I i try to you know um navigate that experience of course i do my job but i'm you know it's a human aspect of um just dealing with people and i think that's what you know definitely learning myself my emotional intelligence and and how to deal with people on an everyday level that really makes the success of like you know what i'm doing you know right underdogs and the insiders is a main theme of this podcast but also like mental health as well Mm -hmm. so like 
mental health creatives entrepreneurs like we go through a lot of shit like how do you balance everything you know um i i've always looked at myself at a as an artist above anything okay and you know i was a dancer as a kid and something about that has just never left me so the only Basically, dance is like how I deal with the world. Sometimes you just, you know, I got to have that 20 minutes in a mirror doing some choreography. You have an outlet. And just like, I I have to do something physical. I'm a huge gym fanatic. In between going to the gym, dancing, and like my home water rower, I keep myself physically engaged when just like I have that pent up energy. What is a home water rower? A water rower. It's, it's, it's like a rowing machine, you know, and it oh. has water in it. And a yeah, row, like, a row, like, uh, like to the gym, the row. Correct. But, it's a water row. but yeah, because the, the pulley mechanism, there's like water in a barrel. And like, as you're pulling, you're pulling on the resistance of the water. And oh. that kind of creates the resistance within okay. that that type of workout well with this particular style of equipment like you can't have others that don't have water but this one that the one i have uses water okay that makes makes sense so i think getting back to the question i think i was asking you is like just how do you balance everything that's going on as a creative how do you handle stress and anxiety and you said you're just saying like dance is a one of your first passions and so you send something physical so that's how you yeah get outside of like the stress and anxiety of the industry i guess yeah because i find that when i'm dancing or i'm doing some sort of physical activity i'm not thinking about anything like i'm just like exerting energy i'm all i'm thinking about is that workout or that movement that i'm doing and doing that regularly really helps me be able to still navigate with whatever stresses that work our life is presenting. This has been this has been an interesting time. Like, let's talk about that for a minute. Like, yeah. Transitioning into the pandemic, like, <sighs> with you know, I haven't I've steered away from conversations on the podcast and everything like this. But I think with this episode, it may be a, a good time because the industry and things have kind of shifted. Mm-hmm. You know, with the pandemic, everybody's working virtual. You know, or not working at all. Or not working at all, you know? And how, how have you handled this transition? I was in desperate need of this. Um, on my last job, I literally, I was on a countdown to when I was just going to have, get to that point of doing nothing. I just, I just was tired. I'm just like, I just want to be inside doing whatever it is I want to do. I don't want to be thinking about making any anybody's shows, anybody else's shows. If I want to spend, I just want to spend all my time doing what it is that I want to do. And that's what this is right now. And like this pandemic has prolonged that for me and I'm thankful and I'm trying to figure out how I can prolong this shit a little while longer. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I'm tired. I, and you know, I feel like, you know, I feel like we're dealing with a, a global pandemic, but like I feel like there's always been like that pandemic within black men of just like us f- working a little extra hard trying to make it somewhere and like all the stumbling blocks involved with that and like our fear with the police that now, you know, has people protesting against that. Like it's always been. I don't know if I've ever felt like we weren't in some sort of pandemic of sorts or just like, you know, I'm I'm glad we're at a place where everybody is forced to like sit down and be remote. I, I'm appreciative of that. But, 
you know, it's really making us think about how we do things and think about the places that we work and how they treat us. And, you know, I'm happy we're presented with this because I feel I'm really hoping that we leave this process at a new fucking place and people looking at how we do business differently and how we treat our employees and people who work for us. I really hope this is helpful in reshaping that because it, it needs some work. Right. I, I totally agree with you. And in and, and a sense of needing that that pause button, mm-hmm. you know, I it seemed like I was, I think I was kind of low-key praying for this sometimes. Like, I just need things to slow down yeah. so that I could just mentally catch up with, you know, as a creative, we're doing, you know, personal, professional, and you're trying to, you know, balance all of these aspects and just needing that time just to reset. Now, I'm, you know, definitely not okay with the people that were dying and sick Absolutely and not. things like that. Like, I definitely, my heart goes out to, you know, and I know of people who actually got sick and died, but just... You know, I still feel that this, you know, the the Corona COVID pandemic has brought certain blessings, you know, um, in a sense of, you know, that's came, that's allowed us to slow down, that's allowed us to just like really pause and reflect, you know, because it is a new normal at this point. And you also talking about this, this a global pandemic in a sense of like just some um, black people. I just want, I want everyone to be safe, but if it takes a little bit of showing out to let people know that we're not okay. Hey, show out. Right. Because it, it, it's deep, man, with like, but it's, it's happened so many times before with people being killed. Yeah. Unrighteously, handcuffed, like, and I try to stay away from politics and religion type yeah. of conversations, but this, it, you, you can't help but talk about it. The, the industry is watching everything that's going on right now with this pandemic, with you know um what's the guy's name george floyd george the, the industry is watching everything that's going on right now with george floyd and you know the protests all over the world and people are standing up right now yeah and but you know i i feel like this time i feel like this is one of the first times that i feel that non-black people understand how this affects them too and how it makes them look and how And just like the whole relationship process, I feel like this is such a big deal because it's beyond black people not being okay. Nobody is okay right now. Everybody feels this systematic racism and how it is a downfall for them. And, you know, and people are worried about I'm worried about the next generation of just like what I'm what our kids are walking into like it's up to us to make it better. And then if if we're not if we don't care, it's just like what do we care about? Yeah, man. Yeah. So um, my heart goes out to to the um, George Floyd's family, man. And I hope I really hope this brings about change. I really hope something is done. I really think that, you know, as far as charges going against. I said this to somebody today. If that guy is not charged, it's good. They're going to fuck shit more up. Oh, absolutely. Than they're doing right now. Right absolutely. now, it's just minimal. But, you know, we saw this with, with Trayvon Martin. We saw this with the other dude. I can't breathe. You know what I'm saying? Um, we've seen this before where these cops are, like, killing people on the street in this film. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, the, we, we're watching. The industry is watching black people die right yeah. now. You know what I'm saying? And that's not okay. And we have to stand up, you know. And, and that for, you know, what's going on right now, I definitely think, you know, um, 
it had you know we have just what happens in the past you know what i'm saying like we're like people have to take a stand you know and at some point people just get fucking fed up with, mm-hmm. with what's going on and the way to be being treated and that's what's going on right now so you know i definitely think people should stay safe but it changes needed yeah you know it is you know it's it's a sad time i have so many it's 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 emotional for me just to knowing that a whole country is like fighting for me right, right now right. you know because i've always lived in that place of just feeling like you know no one cares about this experience that i'm having this black male perspective that i'm living through no one cares i've always been that person who spoke up about my issues and my problems with with just like dealing in the world if it's career if it's like with the police i'm someone who I consider myself law-abiding. That could be questionable at times. But, you know, I've been pulled over more times than I can count, you know? And there's a certain level of anxiety that comes with that. And, you know, of me tapping into myself in a different way just because I know that I want to live past that. So, like, I approach it differently than some some other people approach right. it you know and it could it could be an emotional process but you know it's a, it's a lot it's a lot of layer you're a passionate person i am and you're confident where does this confidence was you yes you're confident where does this confidence come from william <sighs> you know i i don't know i don't i have no idea i think that i've i think i've always given a a pretty confident persona i don't know how much that's true and i hear people say that to me all the time and i'm just like damn are they seeing something that i don't see but you know i don't feel that confident a majority of the time i've learned i think i've learned over the years that the things i want and the things that i desire will never come to me if i don't express them and like i have just such a passion to just like live and like strive for success and just like be a leader in a way that other people want to follow that and I just feel like I want that so badly I can't approach that timidly I can't be quiet with my approach on just like trying to accomplish the things that I want to I don't know I mean if that comes off confident that's great I wish I felt that way most of the time but I just don't know any other way to be I, I agree. I mean, yeah, it definitely comes off as confident and, and knowing who you are, knowing what you want, you know, and walking into rooms. And, and it seems like you, you, you've you been doing that. You've been, you know, um, manifesting, you know, what you want and it's and you've been growing. So let me ask you this. With you being an insider of sorts, what advice would you give to like an underdog or a younger person that's trying to tap to get into the film and TV industry? You know, I... I say do everything. Anything that you feel that is getting you that step closer, that conversation with that person who might know something, I feel there's no way. I don't know. I find myself in certain rooms and just always like, wow, how do I get here? And some of the, some of the most authentic entertainment relationships sometimes happen not on the job of just like me going to a friend's birthday party or you know what I'm wearing this shirt from a show I worked on and someone's like oh you worked on this I 
am the executive producer of this. It's just like you the the hustle never stops, you know, and relationship building has to be something that's ongoing. I just feel do do any and everything that you move to do if you feel like it's going to move you forward. I think you should always be prepared to start at the bottom and build with the people to work your way to the top. But like, I've, yeah, you just got to be willing to do the work. And like, if it's an industry that you're just really not in, humble yourself and know that like you might start at the very bottom. If you aspire to be an executive producer, you're not going to start as a producer. You might be an intern. You might do that for a while with no pay trying to develop this producing career but like it's like how important is it to you sometimes people discover it's not that important to you I'm not they're not willing to work that hard and or not willing to be hungry and then it becomes the question of really how bad do you want it wow that's real that's real shit you know um I say on the intro of the podcast you know you only one phone call one email one text one post one tweet one like from changing your life you know so it all you know you definitely have to be hungry you definitely have to want it but it all it takes is you know um it may it may not come you know in one call or one text but you can definitely you know change your life you can definitely when that next opportunity might just be that thing that's going to get you closer to you know like where you're really trying to be so all right so william you are the production manager for this new show. I randomly saw this clip on Facebook, which inspired me to give you a call. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just really impressed with the light that um, this HBO um, We're Here production manager, like it was like behind the scenes. Tell us about this uh, this show, this new show that you were working on. We're here. Okay, um, we're here is a was a first season docu series traveling across the U.S. doing pop-up drag shows in, like, really small towns, you know? Um, and, you know, we had some locals who also performed in these shows with us, and, like, they just really had some very dynamic stories of just, like, them living life as... living life being a part of the LGBTQ community or being an ally to that community or their stories of loving someone who was within that community who's no longer here because they couldn't take on the pressures of being gay or bisexual and just like what that brought so you know it was a it was a really emotional show and when I heard of it like I had a friend of mine um call me and was like hey would you do like a drag queen show I'm like fuck yeah you know, and I, within less than a week of hearing about this job, I was flying myself to L.A. to work locally and then preparing to go on the road and do this. It was definitely the content and the stories were just so interesting off of me seeing the the pilot episode that I just knew I had to be a part. And it was a great experience for sure. And, and what role did you play in the show? Um, I was production manager for this show, so um, we had three hosts, three drag queens, um, Bob the Drag Queen, Eureka O'Hare, and Shangela Watley were our drag queens for this show, and they all were amazing talents, and, you know, we were traveling a crew of 70 to do custom costumes and stage builds, and just, like, it was very, we were literally putting on 
the most professional of drag shows you could possibly have in places that were not made for that. Like we could totally be transform a restaurant into like a staged venue and doing hair and makeup in their kitchen. It was like, it was really organic. It was for real a pop-up and you know, it it's a, it was a task to to do that and nobody know that you're coming there and then you show up with 75 people and do a performance for like four to 600, you know? It was it was involved. I'm really honored that, to be a part of that and, and to do it for a platform like HBO. That was pretty impressive. Wow, that, that seems really dope. How is How important is it to tell those stories of LGBTQ plus um, members people. you know those are some they're important stories just like everybody is everyone's story is important i i feel depending on the community that you live in in the city that you live in and if you're feeling gay that can be if you are in the lgbt community in a small town that can feel very lonely of not feeling like there's nobody like you and they're just not being a gay community and you know cities like i mean we're in new york it's like Everybody has a gay neighbor or just like works with someone who who's married to who has the same sex relationship or just like who's bisexual. I mean, people, there's so many transgenders and things that we just experience on a daily basis that we take for granted. But it's not like that everywhere. And a lot of the people who feel like they can live their life out loud go to these big cities because to do that, because they know that they wouldn't be able to do that where they're originally from. So. It was good to hear from these people, but to also show them that they that they do have their own communities and there are people there who care about them and love them. And I felt like us putting these shows in those communities also helped those people who were struggling know that there was a lot of people who were really close to them that cared. Wow. So that felt great. That's interesting. So... Um as it relates to the show, where is the show? Um, are you guys like, you guys did one full season? We did a full season. We got to our episode, we got to our episode six and that's when COVID happened. We were in about four days of filming before we had to completely stop due to COVID-19. So we were short one episode. I think they're doing some things in post to to make up for that particular episode and then they have a finale that they're going to do just as a live stage thing that I think they're still working on but figuring out dates and just like you know we're we're still on lockdown for the most part so I think they're just still figuring it out but I think I think the audience is I think they're enjoying it and I think they see how these stories are a need that, yeah, well, congratulations on your success of the show, man, and, and to be in, you know, playing a part in that and telling that story, you know. Um, so I'm going to move into the next part of the next segment of the show, mm-hmm. and I call it the industry confessional booth. And the industry confessional booth is more like a, a testimony or a confessional, um, something that you're comfortable with giving that would that would really help somebody, you know. So. Okay. Um, you know, have, you know how they they do. They go and talk to the Pope. Like I want you to, <laughs> I want you to like maybe share an experience of sorts that um you've gone through. It could be personally or professional. Anything that you're comfortable with that could possibly help somebody. Okay. Um. You know. Um. I am. I'm a huge investor in myself. I'm, and like you know, I'm a very pampered man. I'm a man who likes to shop. You know, I'll. I get a pedicure, get my nails done. 
get my hair cut weekly, you know what I'm saying? And a part of that is me showing up the way that I want to be received in a room. You know, if I want to, I sometimes I feel like, especially being a black man, I find that our presence sometimes can be intimidating. Why? I, I have no idea why, but I know that over the years I've met a lot of really intelligent black men who have a lot to contribute to this industry, not contributing so much because they aren't getting in the room. And like, I don't, I don't know if that has to do with the aesthetics or just like, I don't know, I don't know what it is, but what I know is that there are a lot of people who aren't getting in the room. And, you know, I present myself in such a dressed up, polished manner just to make just because it, for whatever reason I feel like people might take me more seriously if I do that I, and you know that, that doesn't always work people will not take you seriously for whatever reason but I find that you need to show up to these places a certain way you know I, I, and I found that that worked that that's worked for me and you know I've also found it more easy to present myself because I also I am a gay man you know and sometimes I've found it easier to be that gay man in the room than be that black man in the room but then like they definitely gonna turn their nose up to you when they find out that that gay man is black as hell you know so it's just like you know I find I don't know I don't know what I want people to learn from that but I think that no one should be afraid to show up. Like, regardless on you feel like you're not being received or you're not going to be taken seriously for whatever, you need to just show up and be there and be the best part of yourself. Just always present the world with the best part of yourself. And, like, if you don't know what that is, you need to spend some time with yourself and figure that out because we all have something that the world can gather from us being here. Closing, man. Where can people? How can people get in touch with you? Or do you want people to get? How can people uh, get in touch with you? You know, get in touch with me. Just don't get in touch with me too much. But I'm on <laughs> Facebook and I'm on Instagram. Okay. My Instagram handle is will w i l l underscore the fourth. Okay. Yeah. So hit me up there. All right, man. So, I hope that we help somebody today, man. I hope so. And I'm, I'm really thank you for you know. Finding time, you know, to really come and to to be a part of this, man. It's the first season, and you know, um, I'm still getting the hang of things myself, man. And I'm, I'm usually behind the scenes and not like, you know, um, interviewing guests and shit like that. But I um, love it. Thank you, man, for for supporting the platform. Watching. The industry is watching. They lurking. They looking. They loving. They hating. They waiting. They plotting. The industry is watching. They lurking. They looking. They loving. They hating. They waiting. They plotting.